that's how I oh, do it. Y- y'all warmed up? All right. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Brews, Booze, and Reviews, a childish podcast about adult beverages. I am your neighbor, Knox. How you doing? Awesome. And with, with me today is Big Earn. Hey, Big Earn. Hey, Big Earn. Oh, wait, that's me. That's you, yeah. <laughs> uh, and currently, I am much too legit to quit. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. I stayed up all night thinking of that. <laughs> really? Nice. All right. And that was Chris, by the way, asking about that. Hey, Chris. Hey, it's hammer time. <laughs> I, I'd put no thought into that. <laughs> I don't. Like I don't a, have just anything. Like every other week, Chris. And we have a special guest today. We have Susan Rude from Prairie Rose Meadery. How you doing, Sue? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. How are you doing today? How, how have you been? Um, uh, surviving. Surviving. Uh, yeah, uh, it's about all one can do in these days. Actually, <sighs> you look very festive today. I do. That's a very awesome Christmas sweater. We might have to get that in the picture of today's uh, all, all uh, my friends, meads. All of my friends are flakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's damn near as loud as I am. <laughs> yeah, we got to get that sweater in there. Yep, there's a snowman on her sweater. Yep. Henceforth the saying. All her and the flakes. snowflakes, yep. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome holiday sweater. We should have had your, uh, your Christmas hat my, on. Yep, my Santa beer sweater from last year. Yep, for everybody to look at. Yep. <laughs> Point well taken. Thanks, yep. Chris. We should talk more about the aesthetics in here. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, uh, we got we brought Susan in because today's episode is all about meads again. Um, a bit of uh, educational from Sue today um, about processed meads a little bit more in depth and um, possibly about how she became a level... Four? Level four Grandmaster Beer Mead Cider Judge. So that's pretty amazing. Ah, man. <laughs> I want to be level four anything, <laughs> but mostly drinker. Level four drinker. Oh, yeah, professional one. You become professional at level four. <laughs> level four Grandmaster Funk. <laughs> right. Well, how about a little bit of history on mead? Yeah, Sue, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you think it differentiates in between like brewing mead versus brewing a beer or distilling spirits what what is the particularly different thing besides obviously uh, the honey i mean yeah well uh if you're making a mead um you really it's it's a lot more wine like in the processes you put your uh your water and your honey and your fruit into the fermenter and add your yeast and ferment away you don't have to heat anything uh you don't have to um you know you, you want to do everything sanitary, which is very very similar to beer, but uh, you don't have to do all of the heating and the, you know, in beer you have to actually uh, heat everything up to specific temperatures to activate the enzymes in the malt, and that's what actually produces the sugars that go into the beer that the yeast ferment. Um, and different temps, uh, you break down proteins, you break down sugars. Um, and you can experiment a lot with different temperatures yep. in there to get different tastes? Well, yeah. Different temperatures will give you uh, a lower final gravity, a higher final gravity, leaving a little more sweetness or less sweetness in your beer. Um, in in the mead, we just will start at an original gravity. You, you have to actually know your yeast because certain yeasts uh, and at certain temperatures only ferment down so far. Do you like and take so, it out for supper or anything? Like, um, I would get, like to get, because it's my best friend. That's the get to know it <laughs> process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It's my you know, yeast is my best friend. Well, we've <laughs> talked about angry yeast before and brewing and or disgruntled. You, disgruntled. Yeah. You don't want to. Apparently, you don't want to piss your yeast off. No, no. You got to keep your yeast happy. Exactly. You do. That's very, very important. If your yeast is ha- not happy, it sends out nasty alcohols that then really make your ah tequila. <laughs> tequila. Yeah, my wife like, happens to love but, tequila. I don't know. Te- Jägermeister. Tequila flavors in your mead are not necessarily a good thing, unless you maybe age your mead in a tequila barrel. Oh, I don't, I'm not sure about that. I would love that. I'm a tequila exactly. lover myself. Actually, I've That'd had interesting. some, and it's actually I do good. like tequila. So yeah, that would be. I don't know. That'd be interesting to be. Mm-hmm. Well, we did. We did have. Uh, I believe on one of our episodes, I'm not sure exactly which one, I'd, but a tequila barrel-aged beer at one point. I don't remember oh, which yeah. one. It was one of the abysses. Certainly wasn't the last abyss we had because that was an abysmal number. <laughs> if you really want to find out, folks, listeners, go back and start listening to our episodes starting with one. <laughs> it was the and then email us which episode that was. when you get. It'll be between one and 108 or 107. And then email us which episode that was. And I'll send you a free picture of one of our hoodies. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Excellent. So how long have you been, like, making mead? Um, professionally? Or, no, for, just at home. Yep. But I, when did you start? I started making mead at home in, on October 12th, 1996. Um, I only know this because it was my parents' anniversary and the friends that actually showed me how to make the mead. It was their anniversary. And yeah, so it sticks in my head. So it was like a Mr. Brew. Yeah. Mr. Brew Day, sort of. Well, they we, just taught you how to do that? Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd got been together with them in our homebrew, uh, the Prairie Homebrewing Companions. I'll get that in there. Hey, um, we sponsor them. Yep. They're um, awesome. But I... They they had brought mead to some meetings, and I tasted both Bob and I just fell in love with it, and we had to be, it's like we had to make it. So I want, um, as part of the question, how long have you been doing the, the Prairie Homebrewing Companion? Uh, I think I joined in 96 or 95, somewhere in okay. there. So quite a while on that, too. Yep. And, and through that, is that how you started to become a, a certified... Judge is yes. Okay. Yep, yep. I went to the first competition. I mean, I think actually they were talking about it and they were having some judging classes, and I took the judging classes, took the first exam, and scored uh, in the certified level. The first, it's recognized, certified, national, and master, and then grandmaster. So I think I scored in the certified level, and you have to then judge so many competitions to actually move up to the certified level. So I did that for a couple of years, took the exam again and moved up to national. And then it took me like, I don't know how many friggin' times to get to the master level. But <laughs> So it's like uh, uh, exponential. So it, you get a hundred judges, you get a certain level, a thousand judges that you've yeah. done, then well, you get a certain level. <laughs> 10,000, you get the grand Not quite that many. You have to have... Like five points to get to certified plus a score of 70. Uh, 20 points plus... What are those points? Points are judging points. Uh, and you can get anywhere from, depending on how big the competition, you can get one to four or five points at a competition. Okay. Usually most people get two, maybe. 
but most competitions are small enough that they don't have a huge amount. Um, but uh, yeah, you get those points, um, and you have to have a specific score to move up. And then, and it's new exam. I mean, it's exams. You, some of them are written and. People have equated it to the worst law exam out there, but I, I don't think it's that <laughs> bad. Bad bar because, exam? Well, but it's it's tough. You have to know the knowledge, but crap, you're drinking beer learning. <laughs> I mean, how bad can this be? <laughs> it's like situational. I'm learning when I'm drinking, so I have to take the test while I'm drinking. That way yeah, I, I re- you do. retain you, all that knowledge. You, there is a tasting portion and a written portion to the exam, and you have to pass both. Um, the tasting portion has higher level judges that come in that that do tastings at the same time you're doing the tasting, mm-hmm. and you will pretty much be judged against their tastings. If you pick up the same flavors, uh, one portion of it, but then a lot of it is, did you discuss this? Did you describe it appropriately so that the person that entered the competition could understand what you were tasting and and learn why they didn't get a perfect score right. or, you know. Okay. And there are very few, per- I think in the, okay, since I started 96, 97 judging, I think I've given two perfect scores. Budweiser was one of them? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, the, I guess I've never judged Budweiser, so. So I, I don't think that we're going to have another opportunity to to speak with another level four grandmaster uh, such as yourself for a while. So, but Ernie's got a question for you. Yeah, I was wondering. So, how that. many levels are there? You're level four. I I'm mean, a I'm a grandmaster level four. Uh, I want to say the highest judge is a grandmaster twelve holy. or eleven, twelve, somewhere in there. I'm wow. Not, I I really haven't. Paid much attention. Gordon Strong. Is there, a, is there a max out level? No. It it keeps going up once you reach Grandmaster. It keeps going up 100 judging points and uh, 250 service points. To reach the Grandmaster level, you actually have to do some type of a service, which is... Uh, I, I end up, ended up moving a lot because I was their, uh, their secretary for quite a few years, so... The exams would come in. I would uh, process them all and send out the credentials and all that and mail. So I did that for quite a few years, um, which is service. Uh, another service is just proctoring an exam or holding an exam, uh, things like that. Um, Organizing a competition. Um, Maybe. No? You know, I don't think you – well, you would get – you'd probably get judging. Put, yeah, there is competition I think there is organization of competitions. Do you do you see yourself continuing on, or are you good where you're at now? Um, I I'm still I'm still, still judging. Okay. I I don't get to judge as much right now. Um, the PHC this year did their competition uh, virtual, but what they did is they sent in all the beers. We took them home and judged them, and then so that's how the. That worked this year. So you didn't, you only had one or two sets to judge and didn't, but it was fun. At least we were able to hold a competition. Um, I was going to judge Great American Beer Festival this year. Jealous. um, Which, you know, having got into this program has gotten me into that. And that's pretty cool gig. I I like going out there. (laughs) You meet, you meet so many people in the beer world that it's really cool. Meet all the important um, people there. Yeah. It's the biggest one in 
It is. <laughs> uh, that competition is, I want to say, eight or 9,000 entries. And, and then you go to the festival, which is 45,000 people. That's why it really isn't practical this year. <laughs> right. Uh, I think they, they did all of it. Uh, rather than having all the judges, it would be 280 judges come in one weekend and you judge all those beers in three or four days. This year, they spread it out over three or four weekends and used a big warehouse to set up judging. So everybody was very... And I was going to do it, but uh, yeah, my mom was sick and I, I had to bail on it. That's the first time I've missed that in a lot of years. So kind of bum, but... Yeah, well, you had a good enough reason to skip it, so. 8,000 entries, so 8,000 beers? Yeah, uh, over 8,000. Yeah, what do you think, Chris? I think we could do it. Uh, In a weekend? Yeah. 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 You only (laughs) A day and a half. You'll get a flight of, at the max, 15 beers. Not enough. You write write, uh, down notes, and you'll do that, and then... um, pass on the the table gets together then and you pass on like three of them and then those three might go to another flight oh. uh, because some of those flights will have 300 entries in the category and so you can't do that whole thing and then uh not with that attitude then, <laughs> and you would do like in the morning two flights like that in the afternoon two flights you might do early evening a flight and then you'd repeat that the next day and the next day so it started started Wednesday and we would end on Friday morning. So yeah, so it's three days: Wednesday, Thursday. Friday. Are you allowed to leave or you sleep there? Um, no, you <laughs> right do. in your chair. No. <laughs> Not intentionally. No, uh, it's usually held at a hotel, so you have a room upstairs or somewhere in the near vicinity. So, how do? Guys like us who are beer enthusiasts or meat enthusiasts, how do we take that next step to becoming something like a Cicerone where we can learn how to distinguish flavors and learn, you know, different off flavors and good flavors? Yep. Um, Well, either either one, whichever route you'd want to go, beer beer judge certification program kind of – you don't have to brew on that either, or the Cicerone. Cicerone is more, um, they teach you more about how to run draft quali- you know, in, a, in a restaurant or something, whereas the beer judge is more, they focus a little more just on the flavors and aromas and that of the beer and how to write good notes for judging. Whereas in the Cicerone, you really don't need to, you, you'd probably be less likely to judge as often, but it would open up opportunities for working at a at a business, uh, more in service, serving of beers. Um, to, <clears throat> both of those programs have um, on the on either of their websites, they have paperwork there. Uh, you would you just download it and study it. The Cicerone one may, I think, on the lower level, probably there's no charge, but when you get up for the for those study papers, they actually have a fee, I think, for charging. Bear Judge Certification Program has none. It's completely uh, volunteer, no costs. Uh, the exam actually costs 40 bucks to take the exam, only because they occasionally have to uh, have judges fly around or travel around to proctor the exams. Okay. Um, Do, so if were you, are you able to like buy a pack that has all like 
examples like little shooters or little samples of like okay this um, was nope, they too phenolic or well, they might because uh, that be something there I need some to do. Off, there are off flavor kits oh, okay. that you could take and what you do is you take this say little off flavor of diacetyl which is uh, butterscotch mm-hmm. um, you would just dump it into a liter of Bud Light or something that's very low level low flavor um, and and taste it. And you'd taste it side by side just okay. to learn those flavors. So you could do that. A lot of them for the styles of beer, um, you would, it, at the end of the style guidelines, there's a style guideline for judging. Mm-hmm. Each beer, uh, there's like 130 or maybe more than that. I don't even remember exactly. Different beer styles, but yep. they come in categories. There's 30 some categories. 2018 but, was the last update on that, right? Yeah, yeah something okay. like that. Um, and then, but each one of those is listed at the end of that description a beer that you could buy commercially. So basically, to study what those, you would just go buy the commercial ones and drink them. Tough job. <laughs> <laughs> Finding them is the hard part. And for some. Um, but for the most part, you can find a style similar here. Yeah. And then and then we start getting into, the, well, how do you get those beers? And then we start getting into the, the stupid laws on shipping beers across the country. Yeah, yeah, then that, that don't get me going. <laughs> Live yeast samples, anybody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, made my first shipment recently. It was pretty nerve-wracking, but fun. Yeah. The guy said when he got it in Wisconsin, yeah, I could probably drop this off of a tall building and it would have been fine. And I sent him two bottles of uh, Drecker and a bottle of their uh, uh, bourbon maple syrup. Mm. So that's fun. Yeah, I'm having a great time. Yeah, Knox has pen pals. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's for the podcast. So we can drink some beer from other places in the country. Yeah. And, and if, if you, you guys want to uh, donate some beer for us to sample... Uh, and I think that you should email us at brews, booze, and reviews at hotmail.com and we can discuss a uh, possible trade legally, of course. Absolutely. It's for evaluation purposes only. And yes. you can generally ship most places for evaluation purposes only. And be, because we are a media outlet doing podcasts, yep. that could fly. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, you guys want to start getting these meads? Uh, yep. I That's do. what literally why I'm here. All right, which <laughs> is the first meet on the on the docket today? There, Biggern. It is Redstone from Redstone Meadery. It's a barrel aged traditional mead made with mountain. Uh, it's mountain honey wine, twelve percent. This is barrel aged, right? Correct. That's one of the reasons does, why I got it. Does it? It do, does it say on there what type of barrel? No, but on their website, but I they, guess wood. They. <laughs> They do have specific varieties for their tequila and for their rum, but not for this specific one for some reason. I could not find it. But traditional mountain honey wine. It's $22 on their website, Redstone Meadery. It's uh, seven parts orange blossom honey, two parts wildflower honey. Sweetness is medium. It's traditional, like Big Earn said, it's 12% and comes in 750 milliliter bottles. Beverage Tasting Institute says 88 out of 100 points. The notes are mostly orange blossom honey. This meat is medium in sweetness, slightly acidic, and warming. So one question I did have, uh, Susan, um, or, or do you prefer to be called Grandmaster? No. no. Susan Okay, Susan, fine. okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, traditionally, do you drink mead chilled, cold, room temperature, 
if it's room yep. temperature, do you throw an ice cube in there, or does that ruin everything? Um, how do you? Yeah. How do you? Of, how do you? All taste of those it? except the ice cube. Well, and, and I take that back too because uh, we have. I, however, you want to drink it. <laughs> oh, okay. It that- doesn't. You know, mead doesn't follow all of these uppity beer, wine type things where it says, oh, this red wine should be at slightly below room temperature and this white wine should be chilled. Um, Pay attention to this part, Chris. Everyone should just drink it how they want. There we go. I've been saying that forever. No, you I said that almost two years. You're against ice cubes um, in bourbon and scotch. I am. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Like Me either. personally. Yes. Right. And no, I'll, I'll agree with you. Yeah. It dilutes See? it. So listen to it, this. It makes it, <laughs> it makes it dull on the tongue. Right. And everybody knows that if you chill something really fast, you're going to lose flavors from it. So I stay away from that. I've said it multiple times. Here's how I do it. And I, here's how I start. Yep. I start with it neat. I add a little bit of water if I think that it needs it. Some things I will pour over ice, but yep. that's usually like a cocktail, yep. like an old fashioned. Uh, but other, but the most specific thing is drink it how you want to. Yep. It reminds me of that Kevin Garnett story when he ordered a King Louis with Coke. <laughs> and somebody goes, "What? why would you do that? He goes, because this is how I like it and I can afford it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a key thing there. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like so you we, like room temperature and neat the most? I like it very lightly chilled, depending on which one though. Some of them are better cold, some of them are better. I mean, and that's just learning which ones are which. Um we have one our ginger sour, I really like or ginger that I will blend with sour over the rocks with a splash of lime makes a phenomenal cocktail. So that sounds good. Yeah, and I, and I have seen a lot of cocktails made out of meads because somebody doesn't want to drink it. You know, if it's sweeter, they want something drier. So, uh, so we were actually we did the Prairie Rose Meadery takeover in uh, December of last year, December fifteenth. So almost a year ago, um, Bob made us uh, like a Moscow Mule. Yep, that yep. would be our with what I call yep. our ginger sour. And that was uh, spectacular. Yeah. What what episode was that? Uh, episode number fifty four. <laughs> And this is Thank episode you. 109. This will be 109. Damn near uh, twice as much. Unplanned. What a great coincidence. So this one has been in, the, in, in our energy drink cooler over there for a bit. I did take it out a little bit ago, so it's kind of chilled. A couple of these bottles say uh, serve slightly chilled. And then there is actually one that says serve slightly chilled or... Um, with ice cubes and fruit. Sangria style. Kind of, yeah. So, what do you Redstone guys the, Meadery. Yeah, what do you guys get in the nose on this one? I do get a little bit of that honey, but uh, it takes about a half a second for that to come through for me. And I was trying to read. I was trying to read. I was reading. <laughs> yeah, I, tried, read I tried real hard. Read that It says part. Uh, Colorado water. Uh, orange blossom honey and wildflower honey, which Knox you already mentioned, and um, some sort of yeast, Montrach, M A N. Thank you. And love. <laughs> She's smart. And love. It's love. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I I'm was trying smart. to read, I guess, uh, but I'm just wondering, like orange blossom honey and wildflower honey. I'm wondering if that's some yeah, of the. I'm getting a little bit of floral notes from the orange and the 
orange blossom and wildflower. Wildflower is just a generic term for any honey that you don't know what it is. (laughs) There's something other than just sweet in there. Right. Well, and then there's a a light amount of uh, oak or wood, something. It's kind of oaky, but to me it isn't necessarily the vanilla of oak that I would normally get either. So I'm not 100% sure if it's oak or not. Yeah, once you said that, I, I kind of get a little bit of that, the barrel. Yeah. But not overwhelming. Mm. It doesn't say what kind of barrel on this one either. No. It just says barrel aged traditional mm. mountain of honey wine. Now, what's the difference between mead and honey wine? Um, the words. The words. Honey wine equal mead, according to the TTB. So, like um, stout and porter, same argument, sort of? Uh, st- porters are a little lighter, not as roasty. Stouts are a little more roasty. Honey wine, uh, ten, it just depends on when you got your label made. Everything made before a certain date had to say honey wine. They didn't let you use the term mead. Um, so Production date, June, June 2nd, 2016. Well, but that doesn't mean that's when they had their label oh, made. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, when they got their label approved. Uh, I mean, some of my labels were approved six years ago, and I haven't changed them. So, gotcha. um, but basically they equal it. It's kind of a, they go synonymous. So you can, um, honey wine gets the people that have no clue what mead is. When you put mead on there, the, yeah, they don't know what that is. Or they have had mead for the first time. That's actually fucking grog from yeah. right. Ren Fen, Ren Festival. <laughs> That's where um, I had my first mead. If I remember correctly, uh, and I, I do because I re-listened to the episode number 54 again, <laughs> but Chris was uh, talking about how he was really not a fan of mead because he always thought it was so super sweet. Right. But then once you actually had some good mead, there was quite a few that you really liked. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Do you remember that? You remember saying that? I do remember saying that. And, I, I you know, and I'm still not a huge mead guy. Uh, it's just... I don't drink a lot of it, so I'm not used to the nuances and stuff and what to look for all the time. And yeah, mostly I just drink whiskey. <laughs> That's fair. So have you had any of these uh, other meads besides yours that we're having today before? All of them. All of them? Well, oh. no, I did. I actually haven't had this particular Redstone one. Gotcha. Barrel aged. I've had their traditional non barrel aged. So we get you uh, one more on untapped. All right. <laughs> I don't put anything on untapped. Yeah, I, I don't either. Yeah. I started yeah, doing should. it. And Me it too, just but after about a month, so I realized, yeah, I just realized after a month of doing it, no, I'm done with this. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's too much entry. So what do you guys get on the, on the palette then on this one? Um, a little bit of tannic, from, which I'm assuming is from the oak or wood. Some floral, a little bit of honey flavors, and lots of alcohol. <laughs> okay, I have, I get a, a, not super sweet, I get a slight burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, first in the nose, and then at the finish, it kind of, like, going down yep. in your chest. <laughs> That's little, say warming on the description, yeah. but um, I would say that. It almost right. tastes like it's more than 12%. I would say it's not. It's just the fermentation characteristic. You could uh, let me translate. 
Uh, wrong. <laughs> wrong, Ernie. Wrong. <laughs> Dead wrong. Well, she's how we she gets that them. alcohol, and I get. I, I just call it a, a kind of a slight burn. It's wrong again. No. <laughs> Don't make You're spin into that microphone. That's an expensive no, microphone. I'm over But two. her face when you said that was my She's favorite. Like, How can I be nice to this guy? <laughs> it's a podcast. It's we can swear. We can say no, Ernie's a fucking moron I, if you want. No, I'm a I moron. don't. I love. I love Dave Meyer. I, I know the yep. owner. Oh, okay. Uh, so, um, I would serve this one a little more chilled to decrease the alcohol heat. Um. Generally, hot alcohol comes from fermenting hot warm, uh, not feeding your yeast as well, those types of things. But could be something that was in the barrel. Fair enough. Without knowing, you know, what, what? was in that barrel right, right. first, or, if anything. What or, kind of yeah, barrel? Yeah, if anything was. I don't know. All right, guys. Uh, Susan, just so you know, when we rate meads, we're doing uh, zero through five. Okay. Zero being this was a complete failure, and why is this on the market? To five being this is the best example of this that I've ever had. Or not ever had, but darn near perfectly made beverage. Okay. And we go in quarters. We can say 3.25, 3.5, or 3.75. Okay. Not that I'm trying to influence your vote. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who wants to start this one off? Pooh Bear. Oh, jeez. I think he's talking to you, Chris. Nah, I'm not the one that likes honey so much. Oh, I do love honey. And he looks um, like a big cuddly bear too. So so going back to the tasting notes, I, I would, I, the burn isn't super like burn my mouth, but um, when I'm drinking mead personally, I like a little less burn, a little more sweet. Um, so that's maybe a couple things I would change on this one. But of course it is barrel aged. Um, so with that said, I am going to give it, we sit out of five, huh? Um, probably a three, three, five, zero, three point five, zero. Chris. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, no, it, that was nice and smooth, but you know, I wasn't sure what I was getting, but yeah, tannins, uh, it reminded me of, you know, wine being that it is, I suppose that makes sense. Um, I, I, it wasn't as sweet as I anticipated uh, it to be. It's a, it, it's a dry mead. Yeah. So I'd, you know, I'd go a three on this one. It's above average for sure. I like yeah. it. I would do a three seven five, just because I'm nice. I was closer, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that brings the average uh, to the. Redstone Meadery Barrel Aged Traditional Mountain Honey Wine to a 3.41666. Hail Satan. <laughs> a little bit late on that one, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> All right. Good start. What would you like to eat tonight? I don't know. What are you feeling? Uh, you know, I, I could go for burgers or wings. I don't know. Maybe even pizza. What are you thinking? We just had pizza. I don't know. Uh, that's what I'm asking you. Well... Maybe we should look online. Is what? It happens in nearly every home in America almost every day. At some point, someone asks, what are we going to eat tonight? Worry not. Fargo Takeout's artificial intelligence robotic chef, The Decisionator, is here to make the choices for you. You'll find its three top choices for takeout. 
If none of the three choices sounds good to you, just click the Nope, Try Again button. Even an artificial intelligence robot chef gets it wrong once in a while. The next time your relationship seems strained based upon what's to put on the table, turn to FargoTakeout.com slash Decisionator. And remember, save a meal, save a marriage. FargoTakeout.com slash Decisionator. The second mead on today's sampling and reviewing is from Lurgashaw Winery. What is that one there, Bigger? It is just called uh, Lurgashaw Mead. Vintage year 2004. It's their reserve. Uh, traditionally fermented honey matured in oak barrels. Um, says it uh, oak barrels which previously contained spirits, but they don't say what kind. It's a yeah, 2004 vintage mead. Special reserve, yes. 16.5%. The little story on the bottle just goes and talks about how mead is the oldest alcoholic beverage and the word honeymoon um, probably originated from when the newlyweds um, had a glass of mead every day for a one-month uh, calendar, uh, a whole month, as a way of celebrating their union. And, and producing a son. And Yes. And so a moon cycle is a pro- month? Procreating. Yep. And they drink honey mead while they're doing it. And, and in some, some cultures, if they didn't produce a son... They killed the mead maker. Ooh, son of a bitch. So vintage. <laughs> like, that's yep. a lot of pressure. Yep. Nowadays, you just get canceled or something, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you tell an off joke and you're done and your career is done. Yeah. Okay. Vintage year 2004, Lurga Shawl. Mead is made in the natural, traditional way by fermenting honey and water and has undergone a maturation process using oak barrels, which previously contained, yeah, spirits. Yeah. All right. What do you guys get on the uh, nose on this one? I'm not going to start this time. At first, I put, I have no idea, but it's weird because I couldn't, I can't place the note on the nose, except for maybe it's just a darker, heavier sweetness from like a darker honey or something. That's uh, that's all I picked up, or vanilla from oak or something. But I actually on the honey, it's almost a earthy honey. Um, what it, where this is because you have to keep in mind Lurgashell is in England. Sussex, England, yeah. yeah. So a lot of their honey comes from the bushes that are growing all over. They're not uh, like here. We have clover. They have bushes along every road. They're they're more heather like and you know just wild sage and all, all okay. that stuff. And in Tennessee, so, where you get some honey, they also have like that uh, orange flavor from the. All that orange grows, right? Yeah. Now, Tennessee wouldn't be orange. Uh, Florida, okay. Mexico, or New Mexico, Texas, uh, California. <laughs> what, 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 what? Hey, I remember I'm that. I'm not the only one wrong. You can't do sounders for yourself when you screw up? Whatever, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but, I just remember that from the last episode that, you know, when you got to the southern regions, there was more of a, an orange flavor to the meat. Um, what, what I like on this one, um, okay, our previous one was, what, 12% alcohol? This one says 16.5%, I believe. Yeah, I don't get any alcohol burn like the last one at all. This is very, very smooth. It's got um, more of a a, like a semi-sweet dryness at the finish. So there's a little more sweet to back up the alcohol, but um, 
On the other hand, I'm really not, since it says it's aged in spirit barrels, I'm not getting any... Enough of the wood? Well, you wouldn't know I get, what spirit... I get a little bit of wood, but I don't get... I can't, couldn't distinguish any spirits or flavors from spirits. So it could be bourbon, cherry, oak. I mean, uh, sherry or England port I'm, wine or something, but it's, you know, but yeah. it, we can't tell. No, you really can't. Um, but... Well balanced, smooth, a uh, sixteen-year-old bottle, um, or yeah, two thousand four. I don't know how long it's been in the bottle, but sixteen. I'm not getting any oxidation. Um, normally, you would get. Uh, uh, I've got sixteen-year-old homemade meads that taste like sherry. I mean, you get that sherry quality, which is oxidation, and I'm not getting any of that. Very well made. I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> Almost That's note for note. Bad. Just about note for note. It's literally what sweet. I had, except for I had a couple more ums. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't taste like uh, six, the um, Redstone Meadery one actually tasted more boozy than this one. Yeah. Yeah, I thought. So I pa- agree. So the palate is is very like that earthy honey on the, the palate? Yes. Yeah, it, it seems thicker. Yeah, uh, um, it is. To me. Almost like sticky, like honey. <laughs> I would say, yeah, this one was uh, much higher original gravity. More um, viscous. Started out with more honey. Uh, so finish, finish is sweeter. Just coats the glass. Um, but you you don't notice the alcohol. Um, yeah, this one could be real dangerous. Yes, it, it could, because I could suck down that whole bottle and happily pass out. <laughs> <laughs> I could couch it after that, yeah, definitely. Watch some football, fall asleep. Sounds like the perfect rest of the day after this podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah. And this is the type of mead that you, you really could drink a lot because there's no and pass out and wake up just fine, except maybe a little bit of dry. It's not going to give you a hangover, a headache when it's made properly like this. What are, what are the bad things that I'm cause hangovers? I'm going to put that to hangovers? the test. <laughs> pass that bottle over. No. Nope. What You're, are some of the bad things that, are, that could be in this that cause bad hangovers? Well, I, I wouldn't drink that much of the previous one because of the hot alcohols. They Those fusel alcohols are what give you the hangover. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So, Chris, why don't you uh, start off the ratings on this one? I will. I'm going to go uh, 3.75 on this one. I At first, I didn't like it as much because it was a little too sweet for me, but it just grows on me. Every sip I took, I liked it more. I think my mouth got used to how thick it was, so 3.75. So is this one like at that right temperature? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Uh, You know what? I'd go a 4.75. 4.75? This is one I really like. Wow. Cool. Big urn. That's damn near perfect. Damn near perfect. From it's a from a close. level four grandmaster. Pretty close. I am giving it a four point two five. I feel like I underscored it, <laughs> but it's what I know. I suppose you got to take the cork out to pour yeah. it. Yeah. So the average for uh, Lurgashell uh, mead is four point two five. Well done. All right. Yeah. I We're really, gonna take I a like short break one. and uh, hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Yay. Brews, Booze, and Reviews is sponsored in part by Ridgeview Liquors. Ridgeview Liquors is your best bet for service, selection, and savings. With a staff trained to help you find what you're looking for and the area's best selections of beer, wine, and liquor, 
plus weekly ads with amazing deals we can't think why you need to go to any liquor store. At Bridgeview, we pride ourselves in carrying a broad selection of products from tried and tested favorites to the newest items. We carry a selection of craft beer found nowhere else in the area, including sought-after breweries like Black Stack, The Brewing Project, Tin Whiskers, Stack Decked, Elephant, and many, many more. Our wine section is specially curated to provide the best wines at every price and for every occasion, with a special focus on smaller independent wineries and European wines of all types. Our liquor selection also prioritizes smaller products. Smaller products. <laughs> no, keep it, a, keep it in. No, I love the energy. I love the energy. Uh, smaller producers, as well as those hard to find bottles that others just don't seem to carry. So, whatever your beverage needs, stop in and check them out. We are sure they can help you find something to put a smile on your face. So, for the month of December, all Dark Horse wines are $5.99. You save $3. And Fargo Brewing Company, 12 packs are $3 off. And Fargo Brewing, 6 packs are $2 off. For the week uh, starting December 7th, you can get Coors or Coors Light 24-pack cans for less than 20 bucks. $19.49. That's less than buck a beer. Uh, they also have Guinness 12-packs. You save 4 bucks on those. Um, and they have Vela wine uh, starting from $10.99 to $13.99. You can save anywhere from 3 to 4 bucks. From the 14th to the 20th, Kona 12-packs are $13.99. 19 Crimes Wines are $8.99, and you can save $5 on Boda Boxes at $15.99 apiece. Is Boda Box where you get your lips fuller? (laughs) (laughs) See, I look at it differently than y'all do. Uh, The week from the 21st to the 27th, uh, you can save money on Tito's Vodka. So if you're going to hang out behind the command center and be in charge of playing videos all night when your friends get drunk, get Tito's Vodka. $29.99, $29.99, you save five bucks off of 175. Or you can uh, sit and hang out at your house, listen to episode 103 where we talk about brandies because uh, they have uh, $3 off of 175 of E&J brandy for $18.99. And for the week of the 28th through January 3rd, you want to stop in because Andre Champagnes are $4.99. You save $3 off. Happy New Year. Yay. <laughs> and also, if you listen to some of our episodes, we also like New Amsterdam vodka. We think it's very solid Whew. for the price vodka. And, and then at, gin? Yep. And at $16.99 for a one seven five, you save 4 bucks on that one. So that'll be good for your New Year's Eve parties. Breaking news from Brews, Booze, and Reviews and Bridgeview Liquors. Save 10% off of all purchases at Bridgeview Liquors when you mention Brews, Booze, and Reviews. That's right. Brews, Booze, and Reviews will save you 10% off of all purchases at Bridgeview Liquors. And that's the news from Brews, Chris, Booze, and Chris, Reviews. You forgot to mention it. They got to mention it at checkout. Oh, yeah. Don't say it when you walk in. Say it at the counter when you're checking out. Brews, Booze, and Reviews save 10% at Bridgeview. That's the news. So stop into Bridgeview Liquor at 935 37th Avenue South in Moorhead or call them at 218 477 6162. From those of us at Brews, Booze, and Reviews, have a safe and happy holiday season, and may 2021 be so much better than 2020, it won't be hard. All right, we're back from our break, and this next meet is actually one that Susan made. Why don't you tell us all about it? Um, Well, this is Prairie Rose Meadery Orange Spice Mead. Um, probably one of my favorite meads. Um, it's made with uh, blood orange puree and uh, basically mulling spices. Um, 
What are mulling so, spices? Oh, uh, your cinnamon, nutmeg, clove, ginger, starnies. Oh, uh, so kind of like your Christmas spices, kind yep. of sort. Okay, yep. that makes sense. Um, and yeah, a little bit of orange peel. I think orange peel in there also. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just it's a twelve and a half percent alcohol, easy drinking. Um, very lighter, light in color. Lighter, yep, very pale in color. It's our, uh, basically we make our traditional mead and, uh, traditional mead with fermented with the orange puree and then, uh, steep the spicing in it. Do you tea bag it? Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's how most spicing is done in, in things. Okay. Uh, well, you, I, I mean, we were you, just talking on a previous episode about doing the vapor, vapor, uh, you know, Gins get their flavors from basically taking all the actual full spices and then having the vapor go through them. Yep. So that's how uh, some people do that that way. Some people use the tea bag. I just yeah. Well, for for fermentation, it's just you just I steep them in there and let it actually alcohol extract for the most part. How long did this sit in the fermenters fermenters for before it was done? Uh, most of our stuff is about uh, less than three months. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't remember exactly how long this one was. Might have been a little over because it was during all this COVID crap, and we kind of were in the depression doldrums. Of not course, getting, not getting things done <laughs> at the speed we should. It happens. Um, so your processes have come quite a ways since you first started, like your home. Oh yeah, because oh, yeah. I think I remember again um, from, from memory, episode fifty-four. Uh, Almost a year to make those batches? Yes. Uh, when we first started, it was six months to a year. You had to um, let the alcohol, you know, because we fermented at room temperature. You got some higher alcohols. Those need to smooth out. Uh, and um, things just fermented slower. Uh, and then, like, now I, I know the, you know, different yeasts, different uh, temperature. We ferment cool. So 65 degrees. Uh, like a lagering temperature. Yeah. We feed our yeast way differently. You kind of give it small amounts of nutrient over several days rather than dumping all the nutrient in and letting them pig out and then starve for three days. Um, things like that. So. It's like a time-release capsule. Yeah. There we go. What do you guys get in the nose? Well, I think it's lighter, a bit softer honey, um, especially from the last one. Yes. Which seemed dark and, you know, done. yeah, drearier. And you use the same honey for all of your meads, or is there a specific ones you use for this, a specific ones? The majority of our meads is uh, clover blossom honey. It's all from North Dakota. Uh, all from down by Kindred, Sperry Apiaries. Um, we also, we have one other that's from Sperry Apiaries also, which is a basswood honey. So we have a basswood traditional, and then our blueberry mead is in with the basswood honey. Uh, and then we have a barrel-aged one that's been sitting in the barrel for about a year now um, that we need to bottle up pretty soon, and that's basswood. Um, but the basswood gives kind of a minty, earthy flavor, total opposite ends from the, the clover, which is more of a, a soft... Uh, what would you call it? Floral, floral, floral. With, with hints of spicy cinnamon note, which you wouldn't be able to tell in this because of all the mulling spices. But. 
Yeah, and those mulling spices uh, mix really well. You almost... It's almost like they're not there. They're just serving this really complimentary yeah. roll where you get that light honey and, and really lovely orange flavor on this one. It's like a well-made toddy. Yeah. With, the, with all those mulling spices. I get a little bit of that orange peel or orange zest on the aroma, as well as in the taste. In the but palette? it's not overwhelming. It's very smooth. Well-balanced, I guess, is what you would say. I, I really enjoy this one. It's... So the palate. I, I want to say it's sweet, but I don't want to say it's like oh, sweet like diabetes. It's just what you would think with a product made with orange and honey. It is a little bit more than semi-sweet. A little, probably a little sweeter than the largest, uh, larger shell, larger, larger shell. shell, larger shell. Um, but again, it's not like oh, this is one of those meads where it's just nothing but like sugary sweetness. It's just no. Uh, no I find uh, it light and easy to uh, <laughs> drink the bottle. So the, yeah. the palate the palate promotes with the nose. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing is surprising. Um. I'm, uh, so this is the new a newer one. Yep. From we just got this bottled yesterday. We have had Ooh. this uh, in our first year. We made a batch of this and then kind of never got back to it because we had so many other ones we wanted to try. But this has always been probably my favorite, so it came back. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Funny how that happens. And I, I'm thinking it's never going away again. Good one. <laughs> it is. It's. It's. I like this one. It's super approachable. Like, there's nothing uh, uh, too in your face about it to even scare somebody off. So it's something you could, you know, start your mead journey with. This one I could have. I think either at room temperature or chilled. Yeah. Probably not super chilled, but. But uh, mm-hmm. maybe a little, I don't know how to, cooler than room temperature? Like yeah. cellar Slightly chilled. Let's yep. put it slightly chilled. But either way, I think this would uh, um, maybe a little more room temperature, bring out more of those notes and some of those um, I'll, flavors. I'll, I'll actually, this time of year, use this also to make, uh, like, uh, you know, when you think of uh, spiced cider, whatever, the apple juice, I just use this and... Um, a little bit of apple juice plus some mulling spices and mandarin orange peels and make a really nice mix, warm it up, make a mixed drink. That sounds really good. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And bourbon. And bourbon. <laughs> Just throw it yeah, in there. And that actually would be good in there, too. Uh-huh. Just a touch. Bourbon or rum. Either one of those, I think, would work. A light rum would probably be really good. Yep. Just worried it gets too sweet. Yeah, Maybe. Right, you guys. You two want to throw some numbers in this one? Uh, yeah, I'll, co- I'll cover my ears. If <laughs> you want to <laughs> no, uh, trash it? Feel free. <laughs> no, uh, it's my favorite one so far. I agree um, because I do like the orange and I like the spiciness, and it it makes me feel the season and the cold outside. Uh, so I give it a four. I am uh, going to give it a four five four point five. I can still taste. I think that orange comes through later. Yeah. A little bit more. It's, it's like sticking to my tongue. It cranberries. Yeah. <laughs> so right, and we're, not gonna, we're not going to make we're not going right. to make Susan uh, write her own mead. Well, I guess. No. Well, I would have to give it a five, and right. that wouldn't be fair. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm slightly biased. Yeah. yeah this is nice. really good. So um, with Chris's four and my four five, that would probably average out to four point two five. That sounds about like you're doing the right math. Yeah, I didn't yep. even use the calculator. 
Yeah, I, that would be interesting to try warm, like you were talking about. I think okay. that would be really good. It's good. All right. All right, Susan, this next one. This Describe is, this one. This one was a little more uh, interesting. It is our clover honey, but we caramelized the honey. So we heated it to about 150 degrees for about three weeks. Uh, we just wrapped it. We have a, a blanket wrap that we put around our... Um, barrels to uh uh to normally your honey comes in um solid and so we'll warm it up to about 100 degrees just to pump it into the tanks so it's not um, so thick right right well since it's li- to make it liquid yeah yep, <laughs> so it could go through our pump um but we intentionally heated this one to um 150 let it sit let it caramelize let it darken um, and then we added um, local apple juice from the local, uh, and um, I think a little bit of cinnamon. So it's like an apple cider type of. Yeah, uh, yeah. but a caramel a apple, a caramel apple. That's what I call it. Tastes to me like a light caramel apple. Does the nose agree with you on this one, guys? I think the color is the darkest of, of the bunch so far. Yes, it looks like. It looks uh, like a like glass a- of cask strength bourbon that's what it looks yes, like yes I agree with you I get, I get a little bit of cinnamon on the nose <clears throat> I don't get the apple right away I get that spice first yep. yeah it smells good so immediately uh, you can the, the honey is like a and I, I I don't know how to say it right but I'm going to say it again uh, just like that other one we had where it's like a darker honey, where there's there's a rich, more richness to it. Um, earthy, I guess, is kind of what we landed on, or what you told me I was <laughs> experiencing. Um, so it so it's got more of that earthiness to it uh, in flavor. Um, See where I would, or is that one I would call earthy? This one's the more lager shell. The Lurgus shell. Lurgus yes. shell. Yeah. I suppose I should, rather than pointing at <laughs> yep. it. Yep. Um, because those flavors are from the the honey. Uh, whereas in this, the flavors are from heating or all caramelizing the honey. Oh, so you're getting yeah. a little bit of a, I wouldn't say <laughs> reaching towards burnt. Okay. It's not burnt. Um, you know, I don't. At least I don't get it as roasty or anything right it's, it, it's not that it's not that light no it is dash thicker. of honey it's a, it, it is it, a thicker flavor yeah, it feels heavier in, on on your mm-hmm. tongue and uh brings this depth of of sweetness yeah that, that's well, just completely different and like in, in our orange you're adding orange and all of those are fermenting together so it finishes a little drier whereas this one finish a little bit sweeter which gives it a little more richness and what's the ABV on this one? Uh, about 12 and a half. It's 12.5 is what the bottle says. Yep. Any uh, any apple notes in this one, Ern? I haven't heard anything about apples yet. They're light and it's secondary. Yep. Yeah. It is, it's, it's a little darker, like Chris was trying to explain in, in, his, in his own way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not, I don't think it's as sweet as the orange. Um, but I'm wrong again. No, it, it actually <laughs> finishes about the I same. Think it's that They're, caramel, the, the, that caramelized, that yeah, I don't know. It's the final gravity is about the same, but it's always a perception 
I mean, okay. Uh, what was that one? Was we haven't tried that one? No, that one over there, the the redstone. Redstone. Twelve um, percent alcohol. Correct. Twelve percent. Perceived to be way higher because of the other alcohols coming off in it, whereas this one is perceived to be a little sweeter than the other, although they really finished very closely to the same. So just because of all the other flavors and the caramelized and so, but you are correct in saying that it comes su- across sweeter. Can you get that as a sound bite? Max? <laughs> that you're correct? That I was correct. I could probably play you some. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that that caramelization um, is really predominant for me, mm-hmm. kind of towards the the back end more, like yeah. uh, like that uh, the the orange spice kind of to me I can really get more of that orange flavor on the back end after you know twenty seconds of uh, drinking it and then not drinking just yep. letting it sit you know sit there I think that caramelization um, and it's, it's hard sweet. to explain. Uh, to, yeah, to how me, it, I what get it is. The, the it's not super and the sweet, but it's not super dry. It's just right. Not not as sweet to me as the the orange was. Well yes. thought out and balanced, maybe is what you're. Yeah, it's different. I, well, this would a, be a good room it's temperature. It's a thicker one, mead, I think. whereas this one, because what? it ferments with the orange fermented thinner, and um, but whereas this is just much thicker and just yeah. Yeah, it's really good though. All right, let's throw a number on this one, guys. Uh, I will start, and I'm going to give it a 4.25. Chris? I don't know. My mouth keeps changing. I know. It's like, <laughs> well, so there's I need some to revisit times it I, a couple times. Where I like the lighter ones, uh, then I do the darker ones, and then there's sometimes when the darker ones just kind of grab me, and I, I think about them more. So I don't know. God damn it. I thought I didn't like this one as much as the orange one, but the more I drink out of it. It's growing. So I'm going to put this one at 375 like I did that okay. uh, Ligger Lottershall. Lurgishall. Lurgishall. That's pretty much what I said. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. So the average for the Caramel Apple by Prairie Rose Meadery is four. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris, on this one. The, the more you have of it, the more you can appreciate that caramely, caramelized honey. Bird, bro. Just trying to, I would have maybe just trying like, to fill up the dead space. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus, that just fucking old fella. All right, if you go to uh, miode.dk slash en, I'm assuming for English mead. Go just go to the website. <laughs> they say Dansk Miode, Viking Blood. The description is: In order to establish this mead, we have combined the traditional brew with dried hibiscus. In addition to the color, this spice adds an aromatic and floral aftertaste to this mead. Like a good Madeira. Oh. It's a honey added water, ginger, and hibiscus, and it's a 19% ABV. Whoa. <sighs> it looks weird. It's got that light rose uh, dirt water look to it. Hazy. Yeah, like, like Very hot. hazy. Hazy, I guess. Yeah. Like, Professional. Like an like apple juice that you just got out of the frozen concentrated can. A little hazy. It hasn't cleared out yet. So it oh, looks this unfiltered. Had this had hops, right? Yeah. I think, I thought what so. is that? Let me see that. But I'll yeah, it. hibiscus and hops were added to this Nordic honey wine. The aroma on this, Susan. Is that the hibiscus? <laughs> That's the hibiscus. Okay, Hib- hibiscus? It's some sort of medicine. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Doesn't it taste like oh, a cough syrup with like a nice like or maple rub? It's the hibiscus with the alcohol. Twenty, you know, nineteen percent alcohol. So this it says like something I'd read about on my chest if I had a chest cold. I swear thing. to God, I want to sleep with it on my chest. That sounds super weird. Well, yeah, well, I, c- I could see that though. So this says the oldest known recipe for mead to be written down in the Nordic countries was in 1520 by Archbishop Olaus Magnus. The recipe comprised of water, honey, hops, and brewer's yeast and concludes that, quote, on the eighth day it may be drunk, but the longer it is left, the purer and better it will be, unquote. Our products are brewed based on a recipe from about year 1700, and the ingredients are pure and 100% natural, guaranteed free from additives of any kind. Honey is the major and most important item in the recipe. Duh. Does it actually say duh? Did it have the two lines above uh, it's, the end? It's D-O. With the, yeah. Slash. Duh. The umlauts. Yeah, this is a 19%. Have you had this one before, Susan? I have had this before. Okay. So I got this at uh, Bridgeview Liquors, because go there from time to time. Because they're time to time. sponsors. Yes. And... um. It was, I don't exactly remember the price, but it was, you know, more than probably 20 or 25 bucks a bottle. And I just liked it because it said Viking blood and had cool letters and cool stuff letters. looking back to my Viking heritage. Not the color purple Viking heritage, <laughs> but the Scandinavian Viking heritage. But yeah, that uh, it, really, like- really, if that's hibiscus, it's very strong. Juice. Because yeah. I've had some oh, beers. I've had, I've had hibiscus that will make this blood red. I mean, it's you can put hibiscus in and it will really make it dark. So it's a lower level of hibiscus than I'm used to. But whatever, the, whatever that smell is, I can't get over it. It's weird. It's awkward. It's. But I, I'm really not getting the hops. So I no think hops. there's some hop maybe mixed in there, then which is just not standing out. The hops were like sitting next to the. What was it fermenting? Well, may it, do you think it's maybe a bitterant? It doesn't smell as fruity. It might, it might for be just the bitterant, but it's still sixty exce- minute. It's still excessively sweet. Mm-hmm. Very sweet. So for I even if you it, thought yeah. my two were sweet, this well, this, <laughs> this is, is almost like a sugar. Like, yeah, it's sweet. like double Whoa. double the sweetness. So for and, uh, I don't get a lot of anything but sweetness and some. There's something yeah. else strange in there that I can't. I'm getting oh some acid. I'm yeah. getting a large amount of acid. It kind of burns the side of your throat, the back of your tongue. It's very acidic, which is a fermentation. I think that's it. Right. Is it fermentation or a terrible? Well, it actually comes from the honey, and in mine, I will balance that with some potassium carbonate. Uh, or other people use potassium hydroxide. Uh, either one work, but you need to sometimes balance the acid because honeys are very acidic. Okay. Which, when you're eating straight honey, you don't notice so it so much because it's so sweet. The sweet balances. When you ferment, you need the honey, the sweetness, the tannins, the alcohol to all balance and. This one, the acids are on the higher end. I, I wouldn't say they're totally out of balance because it is quite sweet, too. It is uh, pretty sweet at first. But then I, I see what you're saying about that uh, acidity. 
mm-hmm. acid. It kind of um, at the end, kind of like oh yeah, burn, it's like you almost got to keep drinking it. Yeah, but then it's kind of it is pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So so for the price tankers. comparisons, um, the Redstone Bourbon Barrel Age was about twenty four bucks, twenty five bucks, and the Lorgashall Special Reserve was about thirty four, thirty five bucks. Yeah, this uh, was probably somewhere in the in between, closer to the thirty dollar range. I don't remember. I didn't save the receipt. Sorry. And I how bought, much? How I bought much it for yours? myself. How much? How much were yours? Ours sell for nineteen. I think Happy Harry's sells this size. But also keep in mind, ours are five hundred ml bottles. Those are seven fifties. Yes. Um, but I think Happy Harry's maybe sells them for over twenty. Do like twenty something, twenty ninety five or. Yeah, I'm not really sure if I dig the aftertaste on this one. I don't like the front of it either that much. It's just too much. I mean, it to me, it's almost granular sugar. Like, that's what I feel in my mouth until it washes away, and then you get that weird, like, acidic bubbles on the side of my mouth. And, I, yeah, it, this one doesn't work as well for me. I, I really like the hibiscus flavor, I, but, but I... I would like it more if I had more of it in there. Is it is it's it that that little flowery kind of flowery kind of very reddish pink? Yeah. Yep, that that flavor. Um, but yeah, it's a little too. Actually, fifteen years ago, I would have drank the crap out of this because I really like sweet back then. Me too. <laughs> um, but now it's getting to be just a hair too sweet for me. It it doesn't feel good in my um, stomach. On the other yeah. hand, if you had this, say, with the right food and drank it as a dessert at the end of a meal, it would be very nice. Like a good aperitif or... Yep. Yeah. And, but you're only going to drink probably the size of glass that we have here. And you wouldn't sit down and drink a four or five ounce glass of it. In I, one shot. Wouldn't I? I couldn't see me. Well, you, you could, but... <laughs> and there are... I had a tough time with three ounces or whatever I had just had. And I've had tons of beers with hibiscus in it. They're doing them with sours and all this mm-hmm. other stuff now. And I, I like usually what, what, what I get, but this yeah. one, yeah. This was a weird one. Right, I and know. I think it's that hop in there. There is some something different, but. I think it's interesting that it's a little un, unfiltered, unfiltered looking. But it doesn't come across as... Nineteen percent alcohol, either. Oh, that it absolutely doesn't. Yeah, I still think that redstone alcohol very well. Still think that redstone meadery one seemed the most at uh, the lowest percent ABV tasted the highest. Yeah, maybe that's done on purpose to make you drink less. (laughs) Stay sober. How does that work for you? You It doesn't work for me. Oh bullshit! So, well, so here's, some numbers here, on this one. Here is that one of those like, hey, I, I kind of dig the bottle and the, the the name and stuff, and let's give it a try. And I have a feeling it's probably not going to rate that high compared yeah, to the other delicious ones I, we've I had. I would probably go around three five on this one. Three point five. That's actually pretty good. It's higher than average. Average is two point five. Yep. I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna give it a two point seven five, a little above average. I don't think that this is an above average mead. 
So I'm going to go two and a half. That is average. Yeah, I said it's but not, not above, above average. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dude, details are in the words. <laughs> <laughs> He's being very, very political on that one. <laughs> gotcha. Ready? Uh, so the average for the Nordic Honey Wine by Dansk Mjord. Dansk Mjord. Thank you. Is 2.91666. Hail Satan. All right. Which is uh, good enough for last place for the day. Which is... Yeah, it's the last one of the day. Which is actually still above average. See, I'm the only one who didn't finish mine early, did I? The Lurgashell taste. Now, after this one. Oh, I suppose. Really? Now I almost want to try it, just because you said yep. that. All, All right, right pass it on down. Just because you almost said that. So, the winner of the day, it's a tie. Interesting. Between the Lurgashell... At 4.25, and the Prairie Rose Meadery Orange Spice Mead at 4.25. Well done. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. No, thank you. No, so, thank you, Chris. Thanks for coming. I just want to really nail this particular thing in my own brain. How do we start the process of becoming... You know, being able to taste all these different notes that we need for judging and and, and I, doing all those things. You should go either online to cicerone.com, I believe it is, or bjcp.org, um, and download their materials. There's a BJCP study guide. You just read through the study guide and start soaking that all in um, trying all those beers they have on recommendations try all the beers um if there's local competitions you can go pardon me you can go to actually go and volunteer to judge because they will teach you you know you will get paired with uh, a higher ranked judge and they will walk you through it and your palate is never wrong keep that in mind what you are tasting is correct. You just may not know how to describe it. And so that's the learning part. Yeah. You need to learn how to describe it, how to put it onto paper if you want to judge, um, how to know what's... A, but some of it is is that you get some, some flavor out of there, you may not know how to describe it, but is it appropriate in that style? And that's a lot of it, too. So... Just lots um, of experience. I, and I think Cicerone also has some study guide stuff you can download for free on the lower levels. If you want to become a higher Cicerone, then you may end up having to pay for some of their study guides. BJCP does not charge for anything. Good on them. On, on the study guides. They do charge for the exams. Exams, okay. Those exams are pretty intense. Both exa- both organizations have exa- an intense exams. Um, although I would say neither are as intense as the wine uh, training exams. To be you know <laughs> a trainer to become a, a wine. What is it? Uh, sommelier. Sommelier. Uh, yeah. Corvassier. Corvassier. Sommelier. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> um, it's all French to me. God damn it. Thank you, uh, Susan, for coming to this episode of Meads, episode 109 of the Brews, Booze, and Reviews podcast. Is there anything you got coming up or anything you want to promote? 
Um, well, I would say come in and and uh, get some of our new meads. Uh, we have a lot. Of, we have several meads uh, on sale right now before Christmas. So, you want to come in and try that? Or uh, both are ones we had today: the orange spice and the caramel apple are perfect Christmas gifts. Um, and where can people to drink? Where can, where can people go to find your new releases and, um, and our information? Our new releases are only at the Meadery right now. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we'll get them into Happy Harry's. But uh, Happy Harry's, uh, I want to say the Bottle Barn had some of ours also. Um, not sure. In Fargo. And you post um, those releases on your Facebook or your website or, um, or Instagram? Yeah. or I, At the Meadery, we have like 20-some different meads. Come in, try. We do sample flights. We do buy the glass. Uh, you could sit and drink a bottle there, or you can buy bottles to go. Um, it's very relaxing uh, location. Uh, Bob will talk your ear off and chat with you and tell you every secret we have. So and give um, you samples and give you samples. Um, and then uh, yeah, we have uh, I think about five or six different meads of our basic ones that we have all the time up at Happy Harry's. I know for sure. Bottle Barn carried a few. I I haven't been in there. I have to say I'm sorry to Bottle Barn. I haven't been in there to see if they're still carrying them or not. Um, uh, what else? I do want to thank Brews, Booze and Reviews for having me on. Aww. This has been hey. so much fun. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So, a little side note. Um, we revisited a certain mead after trying that uh, Mjord, the Nordic honey one. And it was definitely uh, different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things changed completely. If we did this episode again, I think we got different numbers. Well, and this, But that's why you do them... Um, it's a point of judging. You try and do them the lowest alcohol, the lowest uh, sweetness level first to the highest alcohol highest because so you don't burn the, it. well, your perception on your palate changes right with what you've had before it. So the lower will change it the least for the next one if you're going up in that curb. And then we try the uh, orange. That still hits. The orange spice, and that was like... Oh, just as lovely. Thank you. It's so, so it's uh yeah, I don't know. I won't say which one we tried it next to, but it just tastes cleaner. The other one is just heavy. Thank you. All right, and you can find information about Prairie Rose Meadery at prairierosemeadery.com. That's P-R-A-I-R-I-E R-O-S-E-M-E-A-D-E-R-Y.com, or you can get a hold of them on uh Facebook at Prairie Rose Meadery and also on Instagram. At Prairie Rose Meadery, all one word. And I'm sure you're sure that uh, they'll post up their latest releases there. You can also give them a call at 701-371-3690. And you can uh, stop by their <laughs> it's kind of like me. Their shop over at 3101, 39th Street South, Suite E in Fargo. And uh, we want to thank all you listeners for listening to the show again for putting up with our shit for one more episode. All right, this has been a Predicate Productions episode of Brews, Booze, and Reviews. For more information, head over to brewsboozeandreviews.com. Special thanks to our sponsors for supporting our podcast. You too can support our show by supporting them. You can also click the link at the bottom of our episode description and donate to help with production costs and beer for our fridge to review to you. For you. And of course, thanks Something. to you. <laughs> and of course, thanks to you, our listeners and neighbors without whom this podcast couldn't happen. And to you, we say, may, may your glasses, glasses be full. And your spirits high. Cheers. Cheers.